You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. I'm Catherine alongside here with Winston. Tonight's episode is all about winter training for outdoor summer adventures, and we get into the topics of what you can do for a training program for mountain bikers, rock climbers, and backpackers. And uh, before we get into today's episode, it is so fitting to talk a little bit about our partner. Great Lakes Gear is who, where we get all of our fitness equipment from, from pull-up bars to kettlebells, maces. You can get your squat racks, um, your, your treadmills, anything that you want. But what we really like about them are their prices are fair, the products are really good quality, and we can give you a promo code of 5% off uh, if you type in Live Wild, all in caps, uh, links in the bio. And uh, meanwhile, it saves you money, doesn't cost you anything more, and they kick something back over to us, which helps us out as well. Continue doing these podcasts. So for our American listeners, um, go to www.greatlakesgiria.com. And for our Canadian listeners, it's www.greatlakesgiria.com. Booyah! And now for today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) I had to catch my breath. (laughs) Sometimes when you talk, you're like... (laughs) And you need to breathe. Yeah. Um, Yeah, tonight's episode is really cool. Um, Hey, here's the thing. You know, we're now into February. We've made our nearest resolution like everybody else has. Um, and, and, and I'm pretty stoked because last year, um, you know, we really stuck our nose to the grind and did our own home workouts and I could not believe it was truly the WTF effect after my winter training program into mountain biking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I lost some weight, but I got super strong and we're going to share that with you tonight and give you some of our tips. Yeah. So one of the things people run into is having a hard time maybe mentally training this time of year. Um, it's cold, it's blah. Like unless you've got sort of some winter sports that you're into, and we'll talk about a few that kind of cross over well uh, with, uh, you know, your summer activities. But one of the things to, to always keep in mind is that the physical changes we want to elicit um, happen relatively slowly. So if you want to be in really good shape for the summer, um, you really got to be starting now if you're if you haven't been training all the way through, um, because fitness is not a you know get six pack abs in you know thirty days bullshit that you see on the internet. Um, it is an ongoing process, right? I I I say this regularly, like um, it's called working out. Um, cause you're going to work, right? You got to put the work in. It takes time. Um, when we're talking about like actual cellular changes taking place to the muscle fibers, to your red blood cells, um, you know, the mitochondria in your cells, it's not like you do a workout and all of a sudden all this shit happens tomorrow, <laughs> you know, it's this incremental process. Um, and it, if you think of it like the idea of, you know, laying bricks in a wall, right? Um, 
one brick doesn't mean shit. But, you know, and if we think of each workout as a brick, um, any one workout isn't going to make this massive difference. But if you take 100 workouts, um, now you start to see a difference, mm-hmm. right? Just as if you put 100 bricks in the wall, all of a sudden it starts looking like something, right? And that's, uh, you know, the biggest uh, thing for people is just realizing that if you want to kick ass in the summertime or if you want a beach body. <laughs> <laughs> or look good naked. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's not something that, you know, in May or June before you head to the beach, you can pull off in 30 days, right? Unless you're already there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're just putting the icing on top. Like, if you're already in shape, you can, you can, um, you know, peak. But if you're not in shape, you're not getting in shape in 30 days. And here's the bright side. Newbie gains. Yeah. If you, if you are new to it. Yeah, it's truly a thing. And which is why also we advocate that when you are working out, even if you are already in shape, to constantly mix it up after a certain period of time, doing the things you're not good at too, because newbie gains. Yeah. Well, and one of the things you'll run into, uh, totally aside from the physical benefits that'll come, you know, a number of months down the road, so you'll be good at hiking or mountain biking or climbing or whatever it is, um, is the the mental um, benefits we get from working out, mm-hmm. especially in the winter. Yeah, too but dark. It, and, yeah. But it's it's year round, right? Um, it just happens to be you're already feeling shittier in the wintertime because you're not getting sunlight. You're, it's, you know, it's not as easy just to go out for a walk. Um, you know, you got to get bundled up and, you know, uh, it even dressed properly, it might be unpleasant sometimes when it's cold enough, especially if it's, it's always windy. hard getting out the door or even coming, you know, just at the thought of it. But I, I'm truthfully like this. But the other day when we went out to post lunch, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to come out here on lunch at lunchtime because mm-hmm. I used to only do that in the summertime, go mountain biking at lunch there. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so good for me. And it was like minus 25. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking that. So. Luckily, luckily, it wasn't windy at all. Yeah, that's true. Right. It was a beautiful minus 25 sunny day. Yeah. Um, beautiful sunny day. Yeah. Basically, we, we were dog sitting and had, oh. uh, had a uh, big ass Bernie's mountain dog beautiful dog um that when it's like hey let's take this dog for a snowshoe hike um she just had a great time she, she can't get enough of it yeah yeah you know our, our thing was come on we gotta walk like stop rolling in the snow <laughs> um it was fun and yeah it's it's one of those things where any of the trails that uh you mountain bike on the wind or you mountain bike on um, in the winter, can be used for snowshoeing, uh, fat biking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only other people we saw out were on fat bikes. Yeah. Um, and I think you turned around and you looked at me like, we're getting fat bikes next year. Yeah. You know, you're like, we're missing out. You know. <laughs> were you feeling fun. that way? <laughs> um, you're like, mm. Yeah, because the snow, everything was so packed down. It was like, you it really, was perfect. you didn't really need a lot of bite for your snow, like, you didn't really need snowshoes. Yeah. Um, 
but you got to admit, like, it'd be fun ripping through there on, oh, for a, sure. uh, on a fat bike. Um, so a couple of concepts for people to wrap their head around. And this even goes for people that have been exercising for a long time, right? One of the things we tend to be really um, prone to is just getting in a routine, right? Where we're doing the same shit all the time. Um, and one of the things you'll find uh, with programs is, and it's sort of a running joke, but any program will work for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, 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 there's sort of diminishing returns, mm-hmm. right? So rather than just keeping doing the same thing over time, um, you know, if you're, say, strength training, um, you're, and I don't know anybody who anybody who's athletic would do it this way, but um, let's say you're doing like a bodybuilding type bro, like body part split, right? Whether it's an upper lower split or a, um, you know, I don't know how anybody would break it up, but you know, different ways you can do it. But if you then switch over to three days a week of push, pull, hinge, squat, and carry, right? Which is, you know, each workout's only going to be five exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, you're then going to be hitting yourself differently than, you know, doing three sets of eight, right? Like if you think about today, um, one of the things we did was every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, we did... 11 kettlebell swings, mm-hmm. right? So you did 110 kettlebell swings in uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? We did bear crawls with the kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Right? How is that? Um, but that workout worked your whole body. Yeah. So what you're saying is that if people just focus on the concept of those hitting those five movement patterns. Yeah. So push-pull, squat, hip hinge. And loaded carry. Yeah. They just focus on that rather than the upper and lower body that you often hear in the gym. Yeah. You're, gold, you're golden. Because sometimes there's too many components and you, sometimes people focus on the components of your upper or lower body that you don't need to. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because... It's not as efficient. Yeah. Well, it's not as, a, it's not as efficient, but also you run into the <laughs> thing where um, if you've been doing it a certain way mm-hmm. by switching it up you're immediately going to make more progress. Yeah. Right? Because it's Always. a new stimulus. Yeah. Right? If you've been doing deadlifts, and obviously you've got to learn how to do them properly, but if you've been doing deadlifts, then doing explosive kettlebell swings as your hinge is going to hit the muscles in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, then, you know, and, and it'll have like a, a work capacity or a conditioning benefit as well. Um if you've been doing uh, bench press, um, then, you know, switching over to, you know, like pull-ups and um, overhead press, right? You're training, you're not hitting the pecs quite as much um, with an overhead press as you would with a bench press. Um, but most of the same muscles are used, mm-hmm. right? But by streamlining it, you run into the thing of really uh, 
focusing, you know, on getting stronger in those movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would run into the thing where, give or take, roughly every six weeks, um, I would be switching it up, right? Whether it's your rep ranges, whether it's the specific movements you're doing, um, you know, because we've got this thing from bodybuilding in our head that it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm doing chest, right? And so you want to hit your chest from a bunch of different angles, mm-hmm. right? But if you're thinking of yourself as an athlete, um, you want to get stronger at pushing, you want to get stronger at pulling. Um, mm-hmm. The muscles will come along, right? You know, cause, I, yeah. Because if you think about like um, body rows, kettlebell cleans, and pull-ups. That's it. Are all you really do for your back. You know, you'll do some band pull-aparts to warm up. Yeah, that's it. Um and you've built an ass load of muscle in your back. I know. Yeah, right? it's weird. Yeah. Um, your I butt. Ex- I didn't expect that. Yeah. Right. Because if you're pulling from a bunch of angles, um, all the muscles in the upper back yeah. get hit. For example, like, and, and it's it's emotion, right, that mm-hmm. engages all of those muscles. And yeah. especially as you want to make them harder, for example, the body rows, well, you get lower to the ground, yeah. right? You might start with your feet away from the wall as you're doing the rows. And then as you get harder and harder, you put your feet right up to the wall. Yeah. So you're close to the ground. Um, but inherently, you just hit all those muscles rather than, say, being in a, in a machine at the gym. Yeah. Where you, where, and you do, you know, it's not unusual for somebody to go, okay, well, I'll do like a pull down and then I'll do a cable row and then I'll do a hammer row yeah, and then you, I'll do a dumbbell row. Yeah, it's really time intensive and um, where this is more efficient um, and effective. So number one, you're saying consider the f- those five movement patterns or exercises versus the traditional. Yeah, like basically training like an athlete instead of a bodybuilder. Like mm-hmm. nothing against bodybuilding, but but it's not the most effective okay. way for you to improve your athletic performance, right? And if we think about the sports we're talking about. Right. We want to be better at those sports versus, you know, getting all big and jacked. Yeah. Right. And the fact is, is that if you get um, stronger, better conditioned and leaner, you're going to look better anyway. Right. 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 And and you're touching on some of the next points that how you would break it up. So there's the strength and mm-hmm. you said the conditioning. Yeah. And then the skills of that sport that you're working on. Yeah. You know, so, so talk so, talk more about that. So the further out you are, like the slowest thing to develop is strength, mm. right? So if we think for any summer sports, this is the off season, um, and you know, there's sort of two different approaches I would take depending on if somebody's a competitive mountain biker, mm-hmm. um, then you know, and they're they've got a race season coming up then how I would structure it is a little bit different than how I structure it, say, for you and I. We love mountain biking. We'll mountain bike a bunch. We go on really long rides. But it's about feeling good, um, you know, being able to perform reasonably. But we're not, it's not about, you know. Not race time. Yeah, you know. Um, So anybody... We're talking to the non-competitive people, 
right? They want to be good at it. When you go do it, you want it to be fun and not kill you. Um, and you want to be able to, you know, go have lunch and maybe go do something else after. Yeah. <laughs> like we were doing at, uh, in Quebec. Yeah. You know. Two different sports a day. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, mountain bike in the morning and climb in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so. I, w- I just will add that when we were uh, winter camping with the kids, they're like, uh, after our two hour hike, they're like, uh, can we just chill for the rest of the day? I'm like, really? <laughs> we never played so much Uno and taught the kids how to play poker. Yeah. And we took all their candy. That's right. Yeah. Gambling anyway. for candy. <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing. Like, so how I would structure things for like a competitive athlete mm-hmm. who has unlimited time, right? you know, or has structured their life. So they've got 10 or 15 hours a week is going to be different um, than how I structure for the rest of us, right? Because if people have heard the 80-20 rule, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that 80% of your progress comes from 20% of the things you do, Mm -hmm. um, which is sort of a bastardization from economics, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, called the Pareto Principle. (laughs) But the concept behind it is that um, trying to figure out what is the 20%, right? Um, What are the things that give you the most bang for your buck? Um, So that you don't have to, you know, if if you don't have 10 or 15 hours a week to train, well, how can you get the most out of the time you can put into it, right? Because if you think about, say, a half an hour five times a week, right? So that's two and a half hours a week. Um, well, now all of a sudden, instead of 10 hours, two and a half hours is much more approachable, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you do it at home like we do, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not having to spend a bunch of time going to the gym or going wherever, Yeah, you know? Um, and so it's getting things that hit a lot of... Um, notes at the same time right and that's things that we've talked about before like um keeping your uh work um to rest ratio um fairly even so we'll do you know like the workout we did today we did 30 sets in 30 minutes because we did a set every minute and our rest is whatever's left over Depending on the exercise, like pull-ups, um, we were doing sets of one or two um, because it's like a heavier exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get much more rest uh, because it, it, it's a heavier, higher intensity exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you get stronger at it, then it might be three reps a minute and then five reps a minute or might even get up to 10 reps a minute. Right. Um, It's the same thing you run into, like, say, something like kettlebell swings. We do right now um, 10 reps a minute. But then today's workout, we upped it to 11 reps. Right. But when you say keeping your work to rest ratio even, you want for the amount of time that you're working in that minute, you'd like to see the rest, the remainder in that minute to be fairly equivalent. Same. Yeah. So so that will give you the. Not the best approach for building maximal strength. And that's mm-hmm. why today's workout was kind of a mix. Right. Right. Yes, it was. Because yeah. 
the pull-ups, uh, you know, because it's something that we're really trying to get stronger at, um, then we were just doing sets of two or sets of one. Um, and then the kettlebell swings, 11 kettlebell swings take about, you know, 15 to 20 seconds. Um, so we got a little bit more rest. And then the bear crawls we did um, took about 30 seconds per set. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you got 30 seconds rest. Mm-hmm. Right. And so depending on what you're doing, one of the ways that you can structure your workouts is set a timer um, for 30 intervals or 20, whatever time frame you want. But uh, it's going um, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. So it's not doing an X number of reps. Right. Um you know, your whole thing. The trick is you have to figure out because different exercises are different reps for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like kettlebell swings take about 20 reps is about 30 seconds. Um, whereas goblet squats is 10 to 12 reps. You know, so if you're if you're getting enough rough idea there. But if you really wanted to do it from a conditioning standpoint... Mm-hmm. Um, then one of the simplest things you can do is dial back your weight a little bit and just do reps for 30 seconds, right? Um, and then 30 seconds rest and you repeat that, mm-hmm. right? And a simple workout, like if you took your five movement patterns um, and we wanted to do a 30-minute workout, well, that means six sets of push, six sets of pull, six sets of squat, Six sets of hinge, six sets of uh, carries, mm-hmm. like six minutes of each exercise, right? Because you got mm-hmm. five exercises times six, that's 30 minutes. Um, now, I would alternate the upper and lower <laughs> because if you did um, uh, uh, the way that I said it, you know, did your push pull, right, your squat, tire. hinge, and carries all in a row, you're just going to be completely gassed by the end. So if you spread them out a little bit, yeah, and it could be something super simple like, um, six sets of push-ups, right? Um, and how many you do will depend on what your fitness level is. You know, some people can do 30 seconds of push-ups right in a row. Other people can only do three or four push-ups, mm-hmm. right? So um, whatever it is you can do, each round, do half of that. Okay. Right? Sort of a simple way so that you'll you'll accumulate fatigue, but... The first set's not going to kill you, mm-hmm. right? Um, then do your squat, then do your pull, mm-hmm. then do your hinge, and then do your carry. Yeah. Right? Um, and it can be such a simple thing, right? So we do push-ups, goblet squats, and if you're not sure what these are, just look up goblet squat. God bless Google. Um, then a uh, body row, or a dumbbell row, um, or a pull-up, you know, any kind of pulling motion. Um, Then a hip hinge, so we're big fans of kettlebell swings, but you could also do um, like a Romanian deadlift. It's the exact same motion, just with no swinging part of it. Um, And then finish off with suitcase carry. So you just have a weight in one hand. Um, And with those... Uh, just make sure that you do an equal amount for each side, right? So that could be 30 seconds um, 
you know, left side, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds right side. So you're ending up with three sets per side. Or you could do farmer's carry, which is a weight in each hand. Um, and if you don't have a lot of space, one of the things that we love, we've got like a step right by the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, two steps. Yeah, that's really interesting when you've got um, kettlebells in each hand or whatever you're carrying. I found it really highlighted um, imbalances I had. Yeah, it was you, it was kind of wobbly. I'm like, wow, I need to work on this some more. So you know, there there you go. When you try something new, you're even when you are fit and strong, you're not always going to be used to trying new things. Like you're you're going to see weaknesses. Yeah, so, and sometimes you'll see progress because of, um, and it's fairly quick progress because of neurological adaptation, mm-hmm. right? You're strong enough to do it, but you're just not quite coordinated yet. But you do it, you know, relatively frequently. And you'll see big improvements because your body just learns how to do it, like coordinate everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it gets everything firing in the right pattern, the right order, all of a sudden you're more stable. So it seems like you've made this really big progress. Even though your muscle fibers haven't really changed, it's that your brain figured out how to, you know, the software improved. Um, and that's sort of one of those things where, um, you'll find that with a, anytime you do a new program or new movements, you see very quick progress in them. Um, and a big chunk of that is just neurological adaptation, right? Something was weird and awkward. Yeah. And then the next time you sure. do it, it's a little bit less. Like you just started doing double kettlebell work. Yeah. Like in the last month. Uh-huh. And it probably feels way less awkward now than it did three weeks ago. I picked it up pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. You know. And, and you know, Turkish get-ups, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they're they're fairly complex movements. I also thought it was neat when you were saying, um, you know, anything explosive when, it, you know, as you're doing like say swings, right. Yeah. That works on your strength, but the more explosive it is, the more, um, it's almost like little, uh, energy storage packs you're building, you're adding to your system. Like you're just adding more capacity that your body can do. Yeah. Because anytime you do explosive work, um, with not super short rest periods, but a shorter rest period like we do if you're going every minute on the minute. And this goes whether it's kettlebell swings, kettlebell clean and jerk, um, things that aren't just like a slow grind, but they're like explosive ballistics. Um, You'll run into the thing where uh, they're very effective for developing mitochondrial um, growth or new mitochondria in the muscle cells. And the mitochondria are the little power plants that convert energy, like food, into energy, right? And so the more of those you have, the more energy you can create aerobically. And that means without getting out of breath, right? Where you're, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but you don't get super out of breath and you don't burn, Right, the the higher your mm. mitochondrial density is. Yeah, so a great example is when I did the twenty thousand, no, sorry, ten thousand kettlebell swing challenge last April for a whole month. So to break it down real quick, I did um, you know five hundred kettlebell swings a session, and a session was thirty minutes, and I did that five days a week. So the very first one, I was like, wow, <laughs> I like do how many more of these? 
by the end of that week, uh, it, it, massive gains mm-hmm. within just a few days. That yeah. was pretty interesting. Like how quickly... And would you say it's came. a combination of the neurological... Do you think it was more the strength? So the mitochondrial... The mitochondria would take a little longer. Would it? Okay. Right? They'd be sort of... You'd start seeing them... Um, uh, the effect of them after the month. Okay. Um, but that adaptation you saw in the first week is yeah. going to be two different things. Number one is... Um, improvements in neurological efficiency, right? You're practicing. Yeah. You get really good at doing swings when you do 500 a day. Yeah. Um, and then the other is energy production uh, requires different enzymes in the body, right? So if you haven't done um, any really metabolically or aerobically demanding work for a while... Right, because this was basically after our winter of like fairly heavy training. Mm-hmm. Um, then, by doing something like the swing challenge, your body's got to ramp up production of those enzymes to create energy, like to you know process. Um, and so then you adapt fairly quickly, right? But there's a reason why it's just twenty workouts. Um is beyond that, you don't really get much more, Mm. right? Like if you did it like for six weeks, it's not like you were going to keep seeing like any kind of linear improvement, right? It just kind of tapers off. Right. So then by doing a different program, like we did, then now you start realizing the gains you got from it. Right. But what you got from it didn't, doesn't disappear. Yeah. So before you do a program, it's always worthwhile doing something at the beginning of that program to benchmark where you are from day one to the end of the month. Would you agree? Um, or would you do it further than that? Sometimes. Like, it depends what it is we're testing. Okay. Right? Sometimes just the program itself is its own benchmark. That's true, because there's built into it an increase um, like there's progression, yeah. whether it be an increase in reps or load or diminishing the the time to do the work. Yeah. You know, you're going to see progress and um, you should note that. Yeah. Um, because say something like we're doing now where two of our workouts each week are um, AMRAPs, right? But not sort of the CrossFit-y just go balls out and die. Um but so what is AMRAP? As many rounds as possible mm-hmm. or as many reps as possible or whatever, you know, they want to make use of. But we just set a timer for 30 minutes and um, as many rounds of, and it, we vary sort of the rep structure, but um, what we did yesterday uh, was uh, a ladder. So one, two, three. So... You do one kettlebell clean and press, and then you do put the weight down, and then shake it out, and then clean it up, and then one kettlebell front squat, like double two kettlebells. Um, And then the next round is twos, and then the next round is threes. And you just sort of pace yourself trying to get as much done in um, 30 minutes as possible. Um and actually, yesterday we were in a rush, so we only did 20 minutes. 
Yeah. Um, but you run into the thing where then the next time you do it, the week later, mm-hmm. try to at least get one more rep, you know, or one more round. And, you know, over four weeks, you could see yourself go up like 12 reps. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in a sense its own benchmark, right? Like its own test. Right. You know, if, if you can do more for the same effort. And uh, quality is good. Yeah. Um, then you have to be fitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So that sometimes, you know, it, it, it's useful to do some sort of fitness test. Um, and then after, you know, the you've done your, you know, four or six weeks. Well, test again. Here's the thing, though, right? So, say what you know. Say you're you're focusing on a program that can get you into better climbing strength, and mm-hmm. of course, the further away you are from your season, um, the more general it's going to be. But you know, at the beginning, you can you know maybe do some hangs. Uh, you can do you know so hangs from your fingerboard. You can yeah. do different things. Um. Then it could be pull-ups, how many of those you can do. But I'd say about three months later, you'd want to be checking in on that. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know. Maybe a couple months to see where you're at um, as a test. Um, yeah. Yeah. and it, it, Because in training, I'm, I'm a big proponent of not maxing out your training. Um, That's interesting. It wasn't until I met you. Because I think, you know, as a newbie going into the gym... That's all you hear people doing. Everybody's yeah. everybody's gunning for a PR. That's right. Um, the problem is, do you want your PRs in the gym, or do you want your PRs on the platform? Mm-hmm. You know, or or like, you know, when you're actually out doing something that matters to you. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's you know, um, you know, on a route when you're climbing. You know, even if you're not competitive, like uh, you know, you you went to the trouble of um doing like a big road trip mountain biking mm-hmm. but you left all of your best performances in the gym to me it seems pointless yeah because you were saying and when you look at athletes training for a competition they gradually work themselves up and then yeah. before the competition they deload because yeah. when you de- deload means you pull back to what percentage more or less from from your regular workouts. so so you cut back twenty five to fifty percent right and then your body recovers and then you see massive gains so that it just times it perfectly that when you're going to do the competition you're in the best form yeah um yeah like if you think of it like and generally like a deload would be like the week before an event okay um and so this is the thing I tell anybody like the week before an event all you can do is make yourself tired. You can't build any more fitness, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're smart, you know, say if it's cycling um, and maybe it's a big charity ride or a Grand Fondo or an, an basically a mountain bike enduro, mm-hmm. you know, something where it's, it's going to be really challenging for you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just basically the week leading up to it, it's just easy rides, Right. You cut your, you know, you cut down the number of rides you do. You make them shorter and easier. Maybe you, maybe you just go out on the road or ride a rail trail. You know, you're, you're still getting in the aerobic zone, but you're not doing any super hard efforts. Um, you'll run into the thing where the fatigue that you built um, leading up, you know, two weeks before 
well, by easing off, then you run into the thing where that fatigue goes away so then you can sort of see your fitness, right? It didn't make you any fitter. It just made you less tired. <laughs> um, and that way then you can actually express your fitness when it matters, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, fitness is always one of those things where um, on any given day, right? Like if we just trained two days in a row, um, so if we try to do some big fitness test tomorrow, it'd be a mistake. Yeah. We probably wouldn't see like great performance, but if we did it on Tuesday, yeah, it'd be a little better. Maybe Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, even within a normal context, right? Um, where the, it's not specifically an event, but you're going to do some sort of fitness test, you know, something to benchmark yourself. Then having a few light days um, before it just mean that you'll be fresh enough to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that's always that kind of thing of managing fatigue. Uh, like, and that's where having technology like Garmin watches... Um, the whoop band, you know, the, or the aura ring, um, you know, there's a number of technologies out there that help monitor your state of readiness. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so basically we're talking about recovery, right? And, um, I, again, that was another term that I was never familiar with and, you know, from just the idea of rest to not working out that day or dialing it back or even using, you know, your massage, um, you know, your, uh, Tim, Tim Tam. Tam that I have or, or, or the magic legs, the legs, I don't know what they're called, but I, it's like a, a bag I put, you know, I put my legs into and it, it helps with blood flow and recovery of the muscles. Yeah. And, they're basically air bladders. Like there's one around your feet and ankles, yeah. one around your calves, one around your thighs. Yeah. And it sequentially squeezes, um, Basically, kind of like your your legs or the toothpaste tube, <laughs> um, it starts at the ankle and works its way up, yeah. and it's squeezing the blood, um, you know, back up towards, uh, and you know, with the idea behind it is that it's also any of the waste products from workouts, right? Um, you know, it's squeezing all of that up towards your because yeah, because when I have my massage therapy and they use cups so Mm -hmm. they use uh, the cupping where they um basically grabs all your skin and it brings blood flow to that area of your skin yeah and from what i understand the more bruising that you see means the more constriction that there is of blood just sitting there so there's an area of that that part of your body that there isn't a lot of blood flow going in and out so that's why you see that um so I didn't realize, yeah, yeah, blood flow, getting all that helps recover the muscles. Yeah. And, um, no, that's interesting. Well, and that's where one of the, the most useful things for recovery is light movement. Mm. You know, go for, like, a, you'll recover better if you, rather than do nothing on a rest day. Right. You know, you go for a walk. You do some original strength, right? Like, you know... Um, on all fours, rocking back and forth like babies do, some crawling, nothing hard, but it's movement, mm-hmm. right? Um, you create uh, a peripheral heart action, 
right? Because the, the heart moves, you know, blood around the body. Well, every time you contract and relax a muscle, it moves fluid as well. You know, so you'll get better recovery of getting the waste products out of the muscles um, moving lightly <laughs> on your rest days than you will um, doing nothing. You know, so it's not that you have to do any big or go for a two-hour walk or anything, yeah. you know, um, basically. But just some simple movement, maybe a little bit of yoga, like stuff you'd think is, oh, this isn't a workout. Right. But it's still movement. Yeah. Yoga's really important. I used to do it in the past. And then when you and I started working out, I kind of gave it up because I didn't, it, it, you know, it wasn't helping with me with what I needed then. But when you work out a lot and you've got tight muscles or even sitting at the desk all day working from home, right? Um, it's really important to get things moving more mm. functionally. The other thing that I thought was interesting this year was how I had golfer's elbow. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad in my left arm. And I think it was from all the body rows that we were doing in particular. And then I was trying to do And you were the working pull-ups. on pull-ups. Right. Um, but any grip thing of holding and squeezing, it would hurt my elbow. And uh, I have to admit, though, I realized it today, like, it's no longer there. And it was really, really bad. It was just, geez, that would have been six months ago mm-hmm. to maybe three months ago. And all of a sudden, it's gone. And I'm impressed because I'm stronger now and I am doing these pull-ups. And I never stopped doing the pull-ups, I No, think. you just changed the volume. It's the volume. So volume's really interesting in working around injuries, dialing it back but I did the original strength which was all about that oh, right you mean easy strength right easy strength see this is this is where uh yeah. I wish people would start coming up with like you know easier to distinguish names yeah right because I've said that yeah um, um but it's by coach Dan John and Pavlov Pavel Pavel sorry not Pavel not Pavel Sog. Pavel, Pavel Tatsulin the the yeah you know the Russian, and what it is, um, it's re- it is really interesting. Is where you focus on those five functional movements, and you do no more than ten reps of each exercise in a day. It takes like ten minutes to do, maybe ten twelve minutes. Your warm ups longer yeah. than that, and the movements that you're doing or the load is easy. It's not hard, and most times when you do ten of each, it's not in one shot. You want to do it in over two or three sets. Yep, okay. so two sets of five, three sets of three. Yeah, and it's a five, how long is the program? Eight weeks or yep. is it five, eight? eight? weeks. Yeah, I did it. I It probably took me longer because some weeks I just, <laughs> what's harder is mentally thinking it's working and doing it every week, taking it seriously, right? I think I did it over eight weeks in the end, or uh, sorry, 11 or 12 weeks because I skipped some weeks I wanted to do it over. But the fitness gains I got from it or not, sorry, the strength gains I got yeah. from it were phenomenal. From squatting now with 65 pounds, no problem. My pull-ups were the key things that I noticed well, and from now, doing now, what felt like nothing. And now you've, as far as your overhead presses go, you've gone up a full kettlebell size? Yeah, yeah. And, and I can do with two yeah. double 36-pound kettlebells, so 70 pounds over me. So that was pretty phenomenal, really. And, 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 you know, and as I mentioned, I had golfer's elbow before that. Yeah. And yet, by dialing it back, but doing it five days a week, that's it. It's, it's a little bit often. We were saying that's probably a great 
program to do in the summer when you don't want to spend time indoors working out. You just want to be having fun out, but yeah. getting gains, right? Whereas the ones that are more time intensive do it over the winter because if you're not a winter person anyways, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Do it indoors, right? And it makes you feel good. And, 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 you know, what I love about these programs is that, you know, they're not like forever and you get bored of them because a lot of people, I think that's what I, before, until before I met you, you know, I would have been doing 10 sets of eight, whatever, you know, forever. Yeah. And you don't realize you're supposed to progress or when do I increase my weights or whatever. And you just get bored of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you know that the program might be four or five weeks with progression built into it, it's keeping you mentally challenged as well. Yeah. And as long as, and this is what I love about Winston's pro, Winston's programs is that they're efficient because I don't, I'm not one to want to work out all the time, but when you know your workout's going to be a half hour, sometimes it might be 40 minutes as you build more time into it. That's fine. But, um, it, it, you know, it, it's just, it's effective. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's one of the things that I like, especially when you've got the timer going. Yeah, I right? like the every minute on the minute. You know, it's just. It's good. Well, because even yesterday's, right? You know, of like, just get as many rounds in as you could. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's game. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, you know, we got more than we had the week before. Then, you know, next week we'll... Pretty significant amount, too. Yeah. I, th I think like six more rounds. That was pretty... Well, that, no, that was when you did the... That was Death by Carries. Oh, well, that's hard to tell because you not every carry... is the same. Basically, you carry... You do a bunch of carries. Yeah. So, yeah, like we... Different weights. Because we have two days a week we do kettlebell clean and press and front squats. Two days a week with pull-ups, swings, and bear crawls. And then one day a week um, is just various loaded carries. Yeah. And every time you've done a type of carry, then you do a set of push-ups. <laughs> and that's just... Five push-ups, I think. Yeah. I do 10, but same idea. Sure. Um, yeah. But you just... And you never stop moving for half an hour on that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're efficient. I mean, that's what I like about them all. I'm like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. You put on some good punk rock music whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever you're feeling um you know and then meanwhile you're thinking about what's the next program what are we going to do next and you know it's um it's pretty cool so let's talk a little bit about how we look at what we what we're workouts going to be we're talking about demands for the sport mm -hmm. right so for example um one of my goals this year because i've never done it before is um doing my lead certification indoors yeah, it's funny. You you got training for leading outdoors before you did it indoors. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and that that one kind of got fucked up a little bit just because here in Ontario, um, the climbing gyms are still closed. Uh, they're opening up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's not a lot you could do in January when they close the gyms for the whole month. No, no, and I wish I had been using my fingerboard as you bought me for Christmas. More, I could have tested you know, that. But that, anyway, that I put in your program. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's doing air quotes right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of my, I'm supposed to do um, 10 second hangs for 10 minutes, like over like 10 times. Three times a week. Yeah. Nothing fancy, but it'll work. Yeah. If you so far, my daughter's been using If you actually do it. <laughs> I know, right? It's, um, yeah, scheduling it in, I think. It's, well, it's, it's in your program. I wrote it down. I know. It's just, you know demands yeah right it's been busy do it do it the minute you get out of bed 
I should. It's 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I got to work on my rituals Yeah. in the morning. My morning, you know, the summer is awesome because I used to always go out in my shorts and sports bra and take my coffee and just walk down the street and listen to my news. And I don't know, I just liked it. Mm-hmm. And take a dog, whatever. And I guess it's just the cold, right? In terms of the walking bit. Yeah, well, that's where what I've got you doing is indoors. I know, excuses, excuses. Yep. See, this is what we... <laughs> this is what goes on behind the scenes yes it's not easy but hey you know i'm getting results and so you know when you start to yeah, this is how good my uh, programs are even if you half ask them you get results i do <laughs> <laughs> well the thing too is that you know and i don't note things down this is where you really should right is once it's like you, you realize that you just broke your record like of putting you know pressing that much weight over your head 70 pounds you, you couldn't even do that in the gym with a barbell. Right. And now she's doing it with two kettlebells, which is harder. Yeah. Which makes me want to go back to the gym to see what I can do. That'd be fun. I, I, but it, I wonder if it'd be like me and you're like, oh, barbell overhead presses hurt my wrists. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's one of the things that, and I think this is one of the reasons why we're such big fans of the kettlebells, um, is we're getting older not old, but older. Um, and I find like a lot of the barbell exercises hurt my joints. You're not the only one to say that. You know. Who's older. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah, whereas like kettlebell presses, um, I can do them all day long. But the the swinging motion, I mean, is so good for you. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's just bringing lubrication to everything versus a very tight position to be in on in both your your I guess your your hands and your elbows yeah. right when you're with the barbell doing a press with that much weight over yeah and or over again. or uh, like yeah. you know swings instead of deadlifts um and I find you know push-ups and ring push-ups instead of bench press uh all of these things, like my shoulders don't hurt, my elbows don't hurt. You know, if you do too many pull-ups or and too many body rows, you can get a little bit of uh, what's known as MAPS, which is middle-age pull-up syndrome, um, which is like <laughs> elbow tendonitis. So yeah. watch that one. Yeah. Um, it's where work your volume up slowly. Um, but that's one of the one of the biggest reasons. Aside from, you know, obviously we, we see good fitness benefits from it. Um, one of the other things I like is that I don't hurt, right? Yeah. Like my joints don't hurt. Yeah, going lighter, more volume, and then working these movement patterns yeah. that are more natural, which is really just good for you. Yeah. Because you do get creaky and stuck. Your muscles yeah. get stuck when you don't... Uh, move them around you don't use it you lose it right yeah um actually that should be one of my goals is to be able to go on a monkey bars with my kids and swing you know from bar bar to bar bar. yeah because i know in the past that was really hard on my um um your arm sockets like i I remember the pull on that was like well yeah when you can't even do a single pull up i wonder what it'd be now be very controlled i think because of all the strength i had yeah 
Like you're, so, you're even strong enough yeah, to yeah. like keep the arms bent a little bit. So yeah, the, yeah. The other day, um, so I bought what are those like, gravity boots? Gravity right. boots, so I can hang upside down on my <laughs> on my chin up, uh, my pull up bar, and we put my daughter there, and we call that timeout now. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I got into it no problem. Just kind of climbed my feet up the wall a little bit, but you know, it just goes to show what a pull up bar and body row is really can do for your upper body yeah and you know and women tend to be weaker than guys right and well for, for me to go it, so people in general because they don't work against body weight like pull-ups are hard for everybody um but then women don't tend to do a lot of upper body stuff a lot of them yeah right so you know the first thing is just to be able to hang from a bar a lot of people don't even have the grip strength Mm-hmm. to hang for 30 seconds from the bar right so so even if you can't do any pull-ups start even if it's just like just hanging from the bar for 10 seconds you know rest 50 so 10 seconds a minute for 10 minutes you know gradually work that up to doing 30 seconds a minute for 10 minutes um even without pulling yourself up at all yeah, just right? hang there hang but with active shoulders squeezing your shoulder blades down yeah don't let your arms come out of your sockets like don't just yeah don't just like yeah um and you'll find that you get stronger even though you haven't done a single pull-up um you know so there's these things that you like progressions people can do yeah and at the beginning of pull-ups you had me doing negative yep what is it called negative gravity no just negatives negatives so it's basically you, you you get boosted to the top and then lower slow yeah yeah, because um, so you, you, you're, you were saying that going, moving up to the top, it's the top that's the hardest. But anyways, you start from the top, you lower slow, you start to build strength. Yeah. And then the, the thing that we started me off with was a resistance bands. Can't say enough of those. Yep. They're you awesome. Put They're it so versatile. The, put it around the bar, stretch it down, put a foot in it, and it takes a bunch of weight off you. So. Yeah. Kind of like what you see at the gym. If you ever see people doing tricep um, or uh, what are they called? Dips. Dips. Right, yeah, dips you're on or pull-ups on little, the, you're on that little platform. And, yeah, the assisted machine. Right, so it's the same thing, or you do pull-ups. Um, so I started off with probably the heaviest band. No, not the heaviest. Second heaviest. So what is that? How uh, much weight are we taking off? Like of that was weight? taking about eighty pounds off, yeah. Right. So now I'm what thirty pounds? Uh, off? it's a forty-pound band. So yeah. So I weigh. I gained one seventy-eight now. I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Yeah. I was 160 at 170. I got to stop eating carbs. I need to work on that. Yeah. Because my goal is in the 150s this year. And you're going backwards. I know. Yeah. Hey, it's the truth. Yeah. Um, anyway, so 30 pounds. Um, so 178, right? So mm-hmm. 140 is what I'm doing. So that's that's kind of strong. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't remember what I was doing in the gym. I'm try- I was heavier. Yeah. I think it took a hundred pounds off. Yeah. So let's say I was probably one ninety. So wow, that's different. Yeah. So I was doing ninety pounds, right? Yep. And now I'm doing one forty eight. Something in that ballpark. That's a significant. Yeah. Wow. You but keep I, training, you get stronger. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And the, the, here's a little thing for everybody. Get a damn notebook and write shit down <laughs> and keep track of it so that you actually, yeah. you're not surprised. Like, is 
Not everybody's going to have a training partner like me that has the memory of an elephant who goes, do you remember two years ago when you couldn't do this? You know, you did 65 pounds and now... It makes the world a difference because I walk away like to me because, you know, you do this stuff and you wonder, is this really doing anything? And then you're like pointing these things out. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, it's not until I do something physical that I've never done before that I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. But, you know, when it's pure numbers... Yeah, no. it's rewarding. Numbers don't lie. No. You know, basically gravity is um, gravity. Yeah. If you don't overcome gravity, then yeah. you didn't overcome gravity, right? Like, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so, and if people think of it um, from the standpoint, like I said, um, strength is the slowest thing to develop. So, um, working on your strength early and often, right? So, and that could be to something as simple as like a, a full body three times a week. Um, and then this time of year, uh, if you are able to, it's like two or three sessions of, you know, your sport, right? So if you're a mountain biker, mm-hmm. um, Obviously, if you can get out on a fat bike, like if you have one, that's great. You can get out riding in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, like an indoor bike trainer, you know, or a Peloton. But what we want to do this time of year is just steady, right? You're not attacking hills, you know, you're not going... You're just maintaining fitness? No, you're building it, but you you're are. building aerobic fitness, Okay. right? You need to build your aerobic base. Okay. Right. Keeping so you shouldn't be huffing and puffing. You shouldn't be burning. It's just building that capacity over time. So how many minutes to start and building up? How much? Yeah. Well, so again, there's ideal versus real life. Mm-hmm. Um, people will see some progress if they do thirty minutes three times a week, mm-hmm. um, combined with their weight training. And then each week you need to add to that because you adapt. Well, so the way you can go is the same duration. Mm-hmm. Um, Higher intensity? No, basically keep focus on the heart rate. And what you'll run into is you'll just go faster at that same heart rate over time. Got it. Yeah. Right. Your body will just adapt. Eventually, you're going to have to start adding some more volume if you want to, you know, if you want to be able to ride hard for three hours, at some point you're going to have to do right. more than a but half But you're also going to increase your gears too. Yeah. Right. So basically heart rate monitors are an awesome tool. Yeah. Because that's how when I first met you back at the bike shop, mm-hmm. everything was based on heart rate. Heart rate. Well, we had power meters too. Right. That was right. We did that once a month, I believe. For the fitness test. But a lot of the people, the the have real the really nerdy ones were training with power meters all the time. Mm. So you were able to correlate heart rate to power in okay. your workouts. Yeah. Um, but for most people, it's like uh, if you get like three 30-minute sessions a week um, where you're getting your heart rate. And th- this is just sort of generic numbers, right? Because everybody's heart rate varies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if you get sort of in the um, 115 to 140 range, and I realize that's like a 25-beat range. Yeah. Um, you're going to be aerobic. Uh, and, you know, you're going to see some adaptations. So because getting, figuring out what your 
beats per minute or, you know, what's appropriate for your age is tough unless you get it done professionally, right? Well, but the thing you'll run into is... You can use your breath. Yeah, the talk test. Like, you should be able to speak in full sentences without gasping. And that's the range you want people to be in? Yeah, for, for aerobic building. Okay. And so if people want to figure out, because I have a high heart rate, yeah. clearly, where do I get that done? What do you mean? To figure out what my true maximum, maximal oh, you, heart In rate. a sense, it doesn't matter anyway, right? Like what your true max is, because... Uh, Again, just follow your breath. Yeah. You know, and, and so you'll see yours is a, a like about 10 or 15 beats higher than mine for the same, you know, relative effort level. Well, there you go. Because we always look at how my beats are higher than yours. And yeah. I always feel like a bit crappy that I'm like, oh, I'm not as fit. But but, but you just, you just sit like when you're exercising, you just run at a higher heart rate than I do. That's true. Right. Yeah. Um, You know. I'm faster than you. Yeah. But, you know, it's it has nothing to do with the heart rate, right? You know, it's basically that combination of A, um, just out on the road where, where technical skill doesn't come into it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little stronger. I can push a bigger gear than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference isn't huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're on the trail... A big chunk of it is just the fact that I've been mountain biking for over 30 years. Yeah, it's the technical bit. Yeah, like I, I'm just more efficient. Yeah. Right? And so if I can get through a section with less, um, you know, quicker, I didn't put on my brakes as much, and then I'm fresher into the next hill, mm-hmm. it, it just adds up over the course of a ride, you know. But... uh you know, you run into the thing where, again, these are sort of recommendations for real people with real jobs, families, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you can get like three 30-minute sessions in a week, that's perfect for like a six-week block. Three strength training, three, uh, you know, bike, snowshoe, cross-country ski. You know, and if you can get out because you like say on the weekend, you can get out for one longer one. Mm-hmm. Um, go. It's a hike. It's a whatever. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, like make one of your three a longer one on the weekend. Yeah. You know, um, like we went out yesterday for a hike for an hour. Yeah. You know, um, and with our snowshoes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awkward. It's always slower. Right. So. Yeah. But it's uh, but it's physically demanding. It is, yeah. Right, up and down, you're in the snow. Yeah, really great for your knees too when you're in the snow and not on the path, by the way, because my knees are, have been bugging, bugging me lately, I don't know, with the snowshoes on the path. So when I go in the snow, it feels really good. Yeah, because it's more cushioned. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you run into the thing where, uh, let's say somebody who wants to be good at mountain biking, wants their mountain biking to improve. Well, then... Um, you know, having two sessions um, of aerobic riding and one session where you've got some sprints. Um, so you've got like a six-week block where it's pure aerobic with your strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, and you can pair this like um, a big conditioning block, like a four-week block 
uh, and this is where, say, having some kettlebells at home or something like that can be really effective, um, is three rides a week. Now you want to stretch those out a little bit more, like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, three strength training workouts, but uh, a little bit more, um, you know, focus on getting your heart rate up. You know, because we've done kind of like a, a strength focus with very easy cardio. Now we're getting into some heavier conditioning. Um, and that's what you and I have planned. <laughs> um, or that's what I have planned for you and I. Yeah, what did you call it? You had a name for it. Um, you just told me I was going to hate you. Yeah. Because you, you think it's har- the hardest thing I'll, you'll ever have given me? Um... Uh, probably yeah yeah but it's only two weeks long um you know two weeks of five days a week of um conditioning circuits but they're each 30 minutes yeah i can deal with that yeah it's just instead of like work for 20 minutes and 40 seconds off Mm -hmm. it's work for like three minutes and have one minute off Hmm. Right. So, you know, it's like there's a whole lot of huffing right. and puffing. Yeah. In store and going into a bit of a zone. Yeah. Put on some really hard gangster rap music. Maybe hip-hop. Whatever, whatever gets you through. Really loud. You know, the thing that gets me through is if I have something programmed. Mm-hmm. Right. Crossing it off your list. Every check mark. <laughs> it's like one more. Almost done. Yeah. <laughs> done. Next thing. Do, 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 do. My notebook is just like. Hash marks. I, one, I love one, I lo- two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Next. <laughs> I, I think just- it's funny how, like, when whenever like, I work out, I'm listening to the m- music that I never listen to on my own time. It's just, it's like angry music. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Whereas that's what that's what I like listen to on my own time. Yeah, and then. You know, it's like when we go backpacking, I never eat ramen noodles. I never, I mean, it's only when I go backpacking, I have ramen noodles and pepperettes, like the stuff I would never eat Yeah. in real life. I don't know what it is. It's kind of weird. Well, it's, but it, it's kind of comforting. Each of them sort of gets you in the zone. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the big key then is just gradually increasing your volume. Um, but if you're limited by how much time you have to train then it's gradually increasing the amount of work you're doing uh, within a given workout, right? So if you've got 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. if you can't stretch that out to 35, 40, 45 over time, you know, and we all have constraints, right? Then two different approaches you can take. And this is, again, we're having something like a, a couple of kettlebells at home. Um. Doing like a 10-minute workout in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Um, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off for 10 minutes of kettlebell swings. And then you get your 30 minutes at night or, you know, however you want to do it. Right. But these little movement snacks. Yeah. Um, you've got your heart rate up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's going to be like a bunch of little benefits that come from that. Then another day could be 10 sets of 10 goblet squats, mm-hmm. right? Then the next day could be 10 sets of 10 push-ups in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 
you take and cycle through that like six days a week. Well, that's at an hour to your uh, work, like your working out week as far as training goes. Mm-hmm. But it's 10 minutes a day, right? If you if you literally could do it in your bedroom or in the rec room or wherever you've, you know, got some stuff set up um, and put these movement snacks in, then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's fucking 10 minutes, Right. You could fit 10 minutes in. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. Um, and doing that sort of thing makes a big um, difference as far as increasing that work capacity. Yeah. And work capacity is just a fancy way of saying like systemic endurance. It's the amount of work you can do and keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, by putting these little, little, dribs and drabs in here and there um you know if somebody was to do uh some you know multiple movement stacks because anybody that's still working from home oh my god right you totally need this because you're glued to the computer yeah there's none of that water cooler talk or let's go for a coffee let's get up you know go to the bathroom go have to walk you know like it's just from drinking all that coffee yeah. <laughs> um it's brutal like i think you know what my colleague she's also losing sensation in her hands like so i for folks listening um i've been losing i can't feel vibration in parts of my hands and my feet and we thought it had something to do with maybe this ten thousand kettlebell swing challenge because that's when it started to happen it could have been and winston thinks it's my tight calves or there's a bunch of things i'm working on but um one of them is probably just sitting all day and so that's why these movement snacks sitting all day at my computer and these movement snacks are so important to get up and move. And it's one of the reasons why I love dog sitting is because I have to get up and move and, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've got really freaking tight traps and my back and my posture shit. And, and so again, fun. doing these movement snacks a couple of times I was doing some swings. I'm like, Oh, that's what I needed. Right. Yeah. Just to unwind things and burn some energy or. Well, cause it gets all the postural muscles. Like yeah. that's why like the, the, the kettlebell swing and the goblet squat, mm-hmm. right, are are like two of the best things you can do for your posture, right? Mm. Because obviously, totally aside from any muscles they work, um, you know, swings are a load up the hamstrings in a stretch position is the bottom position. Mm-hmm. And the top position is a standing plank, mm-hmm. right? You're at attention, Everything's braced. Yeah. Right. And you're getting that, you know, the shoulders are retracted and the glutes are firing. And, yeah. You know, um, and then with the goblet squat, because you're front loading the weight, you're holding, you know, a kettlebell or a heavy dumbbell in front of your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, you're obviously working your quads and your glutes and, you know, all the muscles used in squatting. But because it's front loaded, um, all of those postural muscles in your upper back are engaged to keep you from falling over on your face. Mm-hmm. And they're great for opening up your hips, right? You know, because when you squat deep, you've got to open up your hips to give yourself room to get down there. Yeah. Right? So they're and kind of... the weight to pull, pull you down. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So they, yeah. they end up being a great form of mobility work. And, you know, they, they force you into a good posture. Right. So those.com live wild <laughs> promo code. Yeah. You know, um, but, but those two yeah. movements, 
you know, can be the foundation because then you do a lot of them. Yeah. If your hamstrings, your ass, your lower back, and your quads have, you know, strength and muscular endurance, well, that sure sounds like hiking and mountain biking to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you do a lot of sets with, you know, um, uh, shorter rest periods, you know, then you're going to get your heart rate up. Oh, yeah. I mean, even doing the goblet squats. I remember you asked me, where do you feel the burn? I'm like, oh, up here in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my cardio couldn't even handle it. I had no cardio. At the time, Fitness, yeah. yeah. So, you know. yeah, that that was interesting. I think that was with, with 45 pounds. So Yeah, Anyways. so it's that whole thing of like building um, all of the foundation of your house, mm-hmm. right? And then just sort of basically adding bricks to it, right? I'm loving the analogies. Um, <laughs> but but it's that kind of thing where, where uh, you're getting stronger, right? We're improving your condition or work capacity or endurance, whichever mm-hmm. word floats your boat, you know? And I'm not going to get... I could get into the weeds as far as energy systems. Mm-hmm. And with somebody who is like training for racing, we would get into that kind of thing. But for the average person, just building up the capacity just to do more shit without getting tired. That's yeah, what we're aiming yeah. for. Yeah, and strength training um, inherently will dramatically improve your fitness to like do cardio type workouts, like like riding a bike up a hill. Yeah. Right. You now you, have you the can, power. You can generate more force on the pedals. Yeah. And that, that was a surprise to me. So if I had to pick one over the other, I'd pick uh, strength training if I was to focus on making sure I got something done versus go running on a Peloton treadmill or something yeah, like well, that. Yeah. Well, the other thing comes in, though, as soon as you um, adjust your rest intervals. There you go. With the strength side of it, you know, yeah. resistance training, you improve both. Twofer. Yeah. Right. And that's why... You know, if somebody's only doing minimalist training, right, three 30-minute sessions a week, that's all they got to work with. Well, that's where I'm going to program them kind of EMOM-type workouts Mm -hmm. or escalating density, which is here's an amount of time. Each workout, try to get more work done in that time, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is going to make you stronger um, and build your your fitness you know your ability to do stuff and not get excessively tired yeah um and so that whole idea you know of all working together and really if you think about like backpacking mountain biking and climbing they all benefit from you being lighter so if the types of workouts you're doing because they're work dense inherently will burn a lot of calories as long as the amount of food you're putting in your mouth is under control, you will progressively start to get leaner over time as well. Um, and if you're getting leaner, generally you lose fat a little faster than you build muscle. So you'll run into the thing where, you know, six months from now, um, you're stronger, but you're also lighter. So you'll be able to ride your bike up that hill easier. Um, you'll be able to carry your backpack up that mountain easier, or you'll be able to scale that rock face easier because you're 
overcoming gravity and you're just not having to move as much weight up there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's sort of always one of those things. It's like optimizing power to weight ratio. Um, you want to be as strong and as fit as you can be um, at the lightest body weight you can that doesn't negatively affect your performance. And that's for peak performance, right? But for the those of us who don't race anymore, drop 10 pounds and you'll ride up the hill easier. Yeah. Right? It's not, you know. Yeah, pretty much in all those things, rock climbing, uh, mountain biking, and backpacking, weight's a big thing. Yeah. Or, you know, whether it's what you carry or your your bike or your gear. Or, or you. you. <laughs> and you're yeah. the easiest one to lose weight off of. The cheapest anyway. Yeah. You know, lose so. 10, like you have to spend thousands of dollars and it might not even be possible to lose 10 pounds off your bike mm-hmm. or you're out of your backpack. Right. But it makes a difference. But 10 pounds out of you? Yeah. Well, that won't cost you anything. Right. Just eat less and move more. Yeah. Right. And strength train. Yeah. You know, you're going to get lighter over time. Um, you know, we can get into, you know, obviously get more protein and lots of water yeah. and blah, 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 eat your veggies. You know, we've got all the guidelines for getting, you know, leaner and stronger nutritionally. But it will actually be cheaper because <laughs> you need less food, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so I think that about, about wraps it up as far as, you know, some of the training philosophies and approaches that you can do over the winter for your summertime outdoor adventures. And yeah. Some perspectives. I know that when I first started out, you know, I was that philosophy of going to the gym, trying to break my, my best record. And when you're doing eight sets of 10 or, you know, whatever, that's it. So I think that we hope, we hope that we opened up the uh, world of possibility and the way to look at it. And I think we're going to be right doing up some uh, episodes specific to training for mountain biking, one on training for rock climbing, another one for backpacking. Yeah. And I think the the big thing is just you know and this is this is like the super general advice but is a few times a week lift heavy things a few times a week um break a sweat and a few times a week you know stretch like do big mobility movements um, so you stay loose and limber. Mm-hmm. And move every day, walking. And then, you know, whether it's walking, bike ride, you know, whatever. But just move often. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll you'll be blown away um, how, especially if you're coming from an untrained state, what a difference it makes. Oh, yeah. Even right? in your sleep. You'll notice that, but yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you worked hard, you'll sleep better tonight, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's the thing that so many people have, uh, is they're tired all the time because they're not in shape, oh, they... but they never sleep well. Yeah. Right. And so one of the simplest things is like. You know, get training regularly. And what you'll find is you have more energy during the day and you sleep better at night. <laughs> it's kind of magical, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we have a big training day, you know, um, or it's, you know, a big training block, uh, you know, week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, where it's really been heavy and consistent. 
it ain't a problem going to sleep at night. <laughs> you know, and you feel good. So, yeah. And so if anybody's got questions, uh, you can go to livewildradio.com uh, and um, submit. You know, we've got the contact us section there. Or on Instagram, Live Wild Radio, Facebook, Live Wild Radio. Uh, yeah, and if anybody's got questions, reach out to us. Um, we want to we wanna get a conversation going, right? Where find out what people are doing, what's working for them, what do they want to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know? And then if there's ways we can help out. Because um, that's sort of what our big goal with this is, is... Uh, by giving people like practical tools that they can actually, you know, put into practice and see changes. Um, because uh, I've said this before, but everything in your life is better if you're in better shape. <laughs> Listen to our longevity series. Yeah. Yeah. So like, subscribe, share, get us out there. Um, it helps us out getting into Comment. Yeah. What are, what, are, what are the other social things? Uh, leave leave a five star review. <laughs> you know, on the uh, I guess the Apple yeah. Podcasts or the on the Spotify or I don't know. You know, isn't it? But just as an aside, isn't it cool that you know you can go searching for a podcast like on you know any of these platforms, mm-hmm. like particularly on Spotify, our podcast pops up there, and then there's Joe Rogan. <laughs> There's just something cool about, you know, we're just schlubs who, you know, record stuff in the living room. Um, Yeah. Well, anyway, we will talk to you guys next time. So remember to work hard. And play dirty.